fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Wolf Pack, what is going on? Your boy, the Wolf of Roto Street, RotoStreetJournal.com. We breed and feed you fantasy wolves here with your week 12 injury recap. And then, of course, your waiver wire pickups. Who should you be blowing that fab money on? All that good stuff. We will cover now right before Monday Night Football kicks off. we got a crazy one, so you can also comment in. Let us know what you need to get those Ws. I personally need 32 from DK Metcalf in one league to stay alive. My other, I just need Travis Fulgham to not go for 32. So let's hope those things happen. Uh, pretty crazy asks on both ends, so we shall see. Let us know, Wolfpack, what you need. Also, let me know questions you have for your waiver wire injury recaps any of that stuff any sit starts you might still have lingering uh prop bets anything like that it looks like we already have a prop bet question tonight for jeremy anderson so we will get to all those questions in about 25 minutes or so i'm covering again all the injuries from sunday definitely some carnage to cover but even more so even more important will fuller not an injury shockingly uh he's gonna miss time this year and it's not because of an injury which is obviously the usual case he has been suspended six games for PEDs. No wonder the hamstring finally held up over the season. Unfortunate injury. I don't mean to make light of Will Fuller's situation because, man, has that guy been balling. I have the great distinct pleasure of facing him in two out of three leagues this week. Uh, nice, what, 40 points. Ridiculous performance. But, yeah, he had really emerged as like a DeAndre Hopkins almost style target hog at plenty of times for Deshaun Watson. So losing this element, uh, the go-to receiver in tough situations when he just has to chuck it up, who's his guy? Who knows how this is going to end up trickling down? I think one, you know, Deshaun Watson, who's been an absolute certified grade A monster these last few weeks. I mean, let's just talk about that real quick, how good this guy has been. 27 QB6, 32 QB1, 24 QB9, 24 QB9, a windstorm in Cleveland. We'll toss that one out. 31 and 33, both QB1s the past two weeks. He's been unstoppable. And now you're going to remove this alpha who's been killing it for him. Never mind the fact that the schedule now becomes Indy, Chicago, Indy. All of those teams, both those teams, bottom five matchups, losing your top weapon. Now Brandon Cooks ascends into that role. I don't feel great about Deshaun Watson moving forward. I know trade deadlines are mostly passed, and I doubt anybody would be sprinting out to buy the guy. Uh, but if there's some way you could move him based on that last string of performances, or at least have a backup ready, because I honestly think it's going to get ugly uh, real fast, as good as this guy is. And maybe he just wills the team to wins and runs all over the place and unlocks some new Konami upside. That could happen, uh, but I, I'm not banking on that. I am definitely down on Deshaun Watson moving forward without his ace. Brandon Cooks will ascend to that number one role, and we've seen him handle that before. I expect, you know, probably the, the regular top 20 guy you're already getting with a little bit more, a little more upside with the target added. It just goes to show that, like, what if he gets all coverage now, they roll the double coverage over to him instead of over to Will Fuller. The top corners are covering him instead of Will Fuller. It, it could be one of those, uh, uh, you know, subtractions 
that just ultimately crashes this entire offense. And then Kiki Cutie, who we'll also talk about a little bit later, really the last man standing here at wide receiver, uh, like Coulter, some creature is the third because Kenny Stills was released. I'm sure they're probably regretting that one at this point. Uh, so QT's the, the de facto number two here. He didn't do shit on Thanksgiving. I mean, what, two catches, 17 yards, three targets. Uh, saw a couple end zone targets in his last couple games. But this is a man who did have two 11-catch games as a rookie. He set an NFL record, in fact, with 11 catches in his first ever game. So he can get it done. He's shown a rapport with Deshaun Watson, who often looked to him when plays were broken up. That was two seasons ago. We haven't really seen any relevancy since then. So it's certainly a, a stretch to just imagine he's, oh, back to Kiki Cutie, who we actually could depend on. But we still had that playoff game, uh, that, that rookie debut. There could be usefulness here. He's only 1% owned. Certainly, if you're desperate at wide receiver, especially if you're scrambling to fill the void for Will Fuller, it's just too bad Kenny Stills was released because he would automatically ascend right into the, the thick of things fantasy-wise and said it's Kiki Cutie. Who knows what he still has? I don't expect it to be too much. Definitely a huge hit to this whole offense to uh, Deshaun Watson. Cook's the only one that stands to maybe benefit. Maybe the tight ends get a little more looks here, uh, but ultimately I'm not thrilled about any of them. And Wolfpack, if you're willing to toss a like onto this, it would mean the world. It would help us get out to more people. So please consider giving us that thumbs up YouTube Periscope, regardless of where you're streaming and watching. So appreciate you tuning in for a pregame this Monday Night Football. A lot of stuff going on again. Let us know what you need if you're tuned in live and commenting on the comments. If you're catching the replay, thank you so much. Subscriptions and hitting that bell is so appreciated. Thank you, Wolfpack, again for spending your Monday night with us. Uh, let's keep going through these uh, injury updates. And not necessarily injury updates at this point, but COVID. Uh, the, the Washington Steelers game, you probably are well aware of at this point, has been moved to Wednesday night football. First time. I don't even know, maybe ever. And certainly anytime I've watched football on a Wednesday night, it, it seems to me this is trending towards a cancellation. They're just delaying the inevitable. I, I Maybe not. I could be dead wrong, but I would not be holding out hope. If I needed to stash somebody tonight and play them instead, I would do that. It, we'll talk about a few names when we hit the waiver wires of who could be available in tonight's contest as a stopgap plug-in to get you there. I'm not banking on these guys. Let me know if you're worried uh, who you are. Like, do I start this guy or let's say Jalen Rager or Boston Scott? Or, you know, do I get in Myers instead of Justin Tucker? Honestly, my answer to all of them was probably yes, if you need those points, because I don't know that I'm banking on this game happening at all. They've already moved um, this the Steelers-Washington game from Sunday to Monday for next week. Uh, we got a triple header actually shaping up for next Monday, which is just a bananas year. It just goes to show, though, you know, just make sure you have a backup plan. See if you can have a contingency plan with your uh, commissioner here. Just keeping that one on your radar. In terms of major injuries, though, the week, DJ Moore injured his ankle, turned out. We saw him on a horrible throw from Bridgewater. Deservedly got bashed on our, our clip we posted on Twitter. People say he's out to injure DJ Moore. We know he's not the, the case. But still, a horrible throw. He had to adjust to it and ended up really damaging the ankle. But I guess it's nothing too crazy because x-rays did come back negative. It looked bad. The way he was walking off, the way he headed to the blue tent, it looked like we might have had a season ender on our hands. And let's be real. It is week 13 of their bye week here. Uh, if they're out of it, and they kind of looking like they're going to be out of it for sure at this point, 
there's no guarantees they're going to play Christian McCaffrey, going to play DJ Moore coming off the bye. Uh, so I'd be pretty nervous even if he is okay to, to go. Matt Rule did say they're not going to rule him out for the Week 14 matchup against the Broncos. Uh, he seemed to just be hitting his groove on the season, finally had some consistent games in a row. So this one does hurt, uh, but ultimately I, I'm, I'm giving zero guarantee this guy's back. Uh, if I had to make a prediction, in fact, I think they're going to probably sit him and maybe even McCaffrey for the rest of the season. That's just a gut call. I'm no doctor. I have no clue. I'm not, you know, Dr. Jesse Morris has a great job. I check out his videos. If you want the real like specifics on the bones and everything. Uh, but the good news was it was negative, no surgery or anything like that going to be required. Daniel Jones had a hamstring injury. He's going to, quote, miss some time. It was pretty unspecified as to what that will be. They, they're not going to put him on IR is the early reports. So it shouldn't be overly significant. And the MRI did rule out a significant tear. Uh, so that's the good news. He won't be out there, though, this week. They, they'll probably test him out of practice, see how he's moving. He is one of the tougher, according to all his coaches. I, I don't know much about the guy personally, but all his coaches in the article I read said this is one of the toughest dudes. He's played through broken clavicles. He's going to fight it through. We did see him try to even return on Sunday, but he couldn't put any weight onto the leg. Uh, so it's looking like it's going to be the Colt McCoy show for at least one week. And, and what a shit show that's going to be. Complete useless QB he did enough, I guess, to get them the win six of 10, uh, 31 yards, no touchdown, just check down Colt McCoy. I think it, it ultimately a guy like Sterling Shepard might not even be hurt. And that could benefit from just that, that dink dunk type of offense. They're going to implement with Colt McCoy there. You're certainly not sitting here looking for Colt McCoy on your waiver wires. Uh, two QBers. We'll give you some other options in a little bit that if you needed to replace Daniel Jones, yeah, the schedule's soft. They get Seattle this week, uh, the worst pass defense in the league, but you're not relying on that. And I don't imagine this has an enormous trickle-down effect, though, because Daniel Jones was no – it's not like you're you know, taking Mahomes out of the lineup here. McCoy will deliver the rock to the guys that are going to be available and open. Sterling Shepard, I, I don't trust Slayton. I, and how could you really trust Slayton anyways? Deep shots, uh, not the thing that this offense is going to be doing for these next two, three weeks – uh, they're thinking that's about the timeline for Daniel Jones. More significant to fantasy owners, Josh Jacobs had an ankle injury. He kind of crawled off the field, grabbed at his ankle, did not look good at all. But MRI came back positive. Uh, no real structural damage, any breaks or anything of that nature. And the, the coaches said he, quote, has a chance to play this week versus the Jets. Now, obviously, that's a great spot if he can play. Uh, the fourth most points to running backs right now horrendous defense that that should surrender plenty of touchdowns to whoever is going. If it's not going to be Jacobs, that means it would be Devonte Booker seems like the most immediate fill in here. And he's in a good spot. We'll, we'll remind you guys of him in a little bit. Only 8% rostered though, probably the top waiver wire pickup of this week, especially for Josh Jacobs owners. Uh, just a few weeks ago, this dude scored two touchdowns at 149 and, and three touchdowns across two weeks from weeks nine to 10. Can get it done as a receiver for sure. Uh, would be in line probably for every down work again against the Jets. Uh, if this lingered, Indy would be in week 14, not the best of matchups, but then the Chargers in week 15, an easy, juicy slate uh, for Devontae Booker, looking like one of the top handcuffs that you need to secure moving forward uh, with this Josh Jacobs news. But again, he might not even be out this week, so I wouldn't go overboard blowing like 70% of my budget or anything. Toss in 15 bucks you know, out of a $100 budget. 
especially if you own Jacobs and you have no backup plan. Maybe you got to get up to 15 to 20, uh, but I, I'm not going and blowing my complete load to get Josh Jacobs and really just to preview the waiver wire in one nutshell already. There's nobody I'm sitting out here ready to just blow everything for. The last injuries to cover was Dalvin Cook. We had a scare. Went into the blue tent. Uh, this seems like the third straight week we've seen this guy go down and like grab something and, and it's like, oh shit, here it is. Hey, overdue. Uh, it, it's, it's the time. It's arrived. Tra- you know, tragedy. And then he's back out there. It, just the heart attacks after heart attacks as an owner must be frustrating. I sadly don't have a lot of Dalvin Cook, but you got to have your backup plan. You have to have your insurance policy, even though he is pure shit. Alex Madison is 33% owned. So out there in the vast majority of leagues, if you own Dalvin Cook, you better have the backup plan at this point because uh, it's just a weekly reminder like, hey, here, here's your season. There he goes. Uh, and, and you're getting lucky that he keeps coming back in, but uh, how many bullets can you keep dodging? Uh, I don't think there's too many. So you hold your breath and and get ready. And then Teddy Bridgewater did limp off, but said he's okay. We got a week to buy, to rest. At this point, you shouldn't be relying on Teddy Bridgewater. Anyways, that wraps up our injuries, our training room. Let us now move into our waiver wire. Now, guys, I, I always love to just start this. And if you're tuned in, we got you know 30 or so of you right now. Awesome. Thank you so much. I uh, again, thumbs up. Always greatly helped. So thank you, Wolfpack, as we transition to our next seg- segment. But if you're live, that's probably one of the more valuable parts of this show because I like to give you some stashes. Uh, a lot of leagues will allow you to pick up guys that haven't played yet. You can cut some bench trash that underperformed for you. And there's definitely a handful of names worth looking at. One, Benny Snell. I can't believe he's not 60 70% owned at this point. Only 34% owned, so out there in 50% or more leagues. He's going to be the starting running back come Wednesday, and, and even if you don't use him, James Conner is, you know, he's got some health complications, of course, uh, given that he's immunocompromised. You never know if this is going to linger longer for him. Um, you need to have Snell if you own James Conner, and if you don't, you need to have Snell anyways, just in case this does linger, because that is a workhorse system. Tomlin's flat out said, I ride workhorses. I would like a guy getting hot. I like a team to rally around him. I mean, we saw Benny Snell as a workhorse in week one when we had that that inevitable James Conner missing time. 19 carries, 113 yards, the running back 21 without finding the end zone. I mean, a good, solid day. He's already been the goal line back mixed in with James Conner. I think Benny Snell, I don't understand how he's out there on waiver wire. So if you're watching this and you're like, should I cut X for Snell? Let me know. But my answer is probably going to be yes, uh, just in case this does linger. Uh, unfortunately for James Conner, given those circumstances surrounding his health. Um, also, Jalen Rager, still only 29% owned. I- I've highlighted his upside numerous, numerous times. Has he lived up to my expectations? Of course not. I, I was super hyped on this guy just a few weeks ago. Uh, and that's more so because Carson Wentz has been a complete bag of shit. But ultimately, if he can get it together, or if Jalen Hurts, another guy to potentially stash ahead of tonight, there, there was a Twitter source that said, you know, if they're going to give Wentz the first few series, and if he does not impress, they're going to hand the keys over. Uh, there's a lot of running upside to Jalen Hurts. I don't know if my man, Denny Jennings, if you're tuned in tonight, you've been, out, been gone for a while, my brother. Uh, but Jalen Hurts, I would be very intrigued to know what Eagles fans out there think of this guy. At minimum, he does have that Konami ceiling he can throw. I was kind of pissed he went to the Eagles, to be honest, because I was very excited to see what this dude could do in a, in a system where he might actually be used. Would like to see him get a job. And maybe he's the guy that unlocks Jalen Rager. Jalen to Jalen, the, the narrative is there. Uh, so he's a guy to potentially stash tonight. Boston Scott, only 28% owned. We've seen Sanders have flare-ups all year. 
at minimum protect your investment and if not block your opponent from protecting him because you Boston Scott anytime he's gotten a start has been a top 15 guy even a, a number three guy at times uh, we've seen him put up three touchdowns and crazy stats so worth a pickup if if you know something happened to Sanders this crap waiver wire everyone would be bidding everything to get Boston Scott this week uh, so just get ahead of the pack and stash him now and the last couple names there Will Disley only three percent owned tight end is such a shit storm this dude was a top five tight end before going down last year. Uh, has been top 12 in six of his eight games, entering the season, recovering slowly from that Achilles. Nearly the whole season now. Maybe his legs are under him. Greg Olson has been hurt. He's going to be our first game tonight to see what he does. think he's worth a stash tonight. And then Anthony McFarland. You know, I, I talked up Benny Snell. I think Benny Snell is the horse. That doesn't mean McFarland wouldn't work in for you know, 10, 15 snaps. And he's got some juice. I mean, he... Ranked, uh, I believe, highest ever in Graham Barfield's yards create for rookie running backs. And that, that metric has been a fantastic measure of a lot of future success. Um, so McFarland, you know, has done nothing yet, but he's got juice. He he had some real burst in power in college. I think Anthony McFarland, you know, 5% owned. Again, a why not? Like, let me know if you're like, hey, do I cut this guy for him or anything of that nature? Just some why not stashes ahead of tonight. Now, in terms of the actual guys who've already played and who you should be looking for, we'll start with running backs. Uh, Cam Akers, probably my number one guy on the waiver wire this week. And who knows if we'll get any semblance of consistency, but he's only 29% owned, and he was by far the best running back for the Rams. Nine carries, 84 yards, and a TD. That's now two straight weeks with a TD. Uh, And also two straight weeks as the lowest snap holder, 17 snaps to Henderson getting 20 and Malcolm Brown getting 25. But that switch could flip at any given moment, like we've seen with so many rookies throughout this year. And just historically, uh, they they might just end up handing him the, the keys to this car. Now, a lot of it's pass protection. Uh, we've already heard McVay cite that. And who knows if he's going to ever get better at that this season. But he definitely had the most juice. You have to think this was a very encouraging performance to see. Arizona, New England, the Jets, and Seattle, nothing too threatening on the future schedule here. Uh, Henderson going 2.0 yards per carry. Meanwhile, Akers, 61-yard run, punching it in at the goal line. Uh, I love to see the goal line looks over Malcolm Brown, too, who who typically owns that range. A lot of upside to Cam Akers should he take over this role, that zone-blocking scheme. Uh, we've seen him fit it like a glove when he when he's in there and getting rolling. I'd love to see him play, you know, half the snaps a single week, get, you know, half the touches. We, we've seen, again, 10-ish touches. Let's this guy get 15. Very well with the possibility uh, for future weeks. So check out Cam Akers if he's out there on your waiver wire. Less exciting, but probably a higher floor if you just need something to plug in this week. That's Frank Gore. Volume is volume is volume. Uh, there's no position with a higher correlation between just snaps on the field and fantasy points. Other than running back, he's only 25% owned. Uh, somehow, you know, age 70, still just crushing it on the NFL field. Uh, 21 touches, three receptions, 74 yards. I mean, bleh, no touchdowns this week, and yet still finishes the running back 19. That's the, the state of running back. You got your like five monsters, and then it's just, can I squeeze out 12 points out of somebody here? And, and Frank Gore is a, a gross, like old fruit that can somehow still yield 12 ish. 15-ish points. In fact, he's gone 15 and 12 the last two weeks. He's been the running back 13 and running back 19. That's with the Michael Pirine removed. He got hurt with that high ankle sprain. Not expected to be back anytime soon. And they say it's going to be a committee. We're going to involve Josh Adams and Tyler. 
nobody else is seeing the field. No one else is getting meaningful work. It's the Frank Gore show for better or worse, certainly for worse for NFL entertainment wise and for an offense. You don't only Adam Gase could make Frank Gore still viable in 2020. And that's an insult, not a, not a compliment by any means to Adam Gase, uh, but he's, he's getting usage and usage is King, especially at running back, but all of fantasy. And he's got the Raiders, a bottom five matchup this week, Seattle in week 14. I mean, if you're starting Frank Gore in your playoffs, good fucking luck. But to get there, if you're desperate, if you had injuries, uh, I would not be opposed to shoving this guy into a flex and, and you know, plugging my nose and then seeing the 12 to, to 15 points that follow. Um, and the last usable guy potentially would be Jordan Wilkins, only 17% owned, uh, had six rushes for 22 yards, caught a few passes for 35, didn't do anything special. Getting vultured at the goal line by Jacoby Brissett is horrible for his or Taylor, whoever back is in a long-term value. Just disgusting to see. Um, but he does get Houston, the most rushing yards allowed on the ground all season. Um, you saw Adrian Peterson, two touchdowns and, and 60 yards against the guys last week. So I think Frank, uh, you know, Jordan Wilkins, if Taylor misses another week, could be a desperation plug-in streamer as well. But the more important thing with running backs right now that I will emphasize is season. ball or the cuffing season, right? When you cuddle on up to 270-pound running backs to keep you safe through the winter. But it is just – it's so crucial at this time of the year. Where depth is becoming less and less important because your bye weeks are over. You don't need to plug in so many creatures. It's far more important to protect your main investments. And there's only so many running backs that are truly worth handcuffing uh, that running backs would be, you know, true RB ones if they were to go down. If if you know, tragedy befalls a certain player, Latavius Murray, he's only, he's already sixty percent owned, but he would be a legitimate season winner if something happens to Alvin Kamara. Uh, Jamal Williams, sixty percent owned. If either of those guys are out there, I, I don't know what you're doing. You need to go pick those guys up immediately at this point. Those are really one of the only, you know, couple pairings of Chase Edmonds. He's 80% owned. There's a handful of guys that could be league winners if their starter goes down. Uh, So I'm only going to focus while you go through this list of handcuffs at the guys that are 50% or less owned, really right around the 30% mark. Um, But, but first obviously check for Latavius Murray, Jamal Williams. Those are your top, top handcuffs. But the first guy on my list is Benny Snell. We already talked about him. He's already, becoming a viable, usable handcuff because James Conner is going to miss this week. James Conner's thing could linger, uh, the COVID-19 results, given his immunocomp. Uh, again, just obviously, you know, hope for the best for the guy, but th- this he's in a position where it could linger more than your standard player. Uh, terrifying, that, in fact, that him and, and Mark Andrews on the Ravens, two of the guys to get it, you know, Mark Andrews having diabetes, two of the higher-risk guys, prayers up for them. Hope we get a fast recovery. Uh, Fantasy-wise, what does that mean for us? Well, Benny Snell, only 34% owned. As we said earlier, had 19 carries the last time Connor missed significant time. He ripped him up for 113 yards. He's been a bull at the goal line. He slimmed down this year, but uh, still maintained like that beastly powerful running style uh, with a little more juice to him. Can catch the ball uh, well enough. And remember, the opportunity is what matters here. Their running backs under Mike Tomlin have averaged over 20 opportunities, that being carries and targets. Uh, per game, and Benny Snell would be jumping right into that role, and he is jumping right in that role already this week, and still is only 34% owned. I don't understand it. Of course, as we mentioned, Anthony McFarland behind him at 5% owned could become a lightning type of compliment to Benny Snell's thunder. Certainly worth a look because why the fuck not? 
um, at this point led, again, Graham Barfield's metrics and yards created. One of my favorite stats, one of the more predictable sticky stats for a- evaluating rookie running backs. I think Benny Snell, Anthony McFarlane make two of the top handcuffs, especially Benny Snell. Don't know why he's not closer to 75% owned right now. Also in cuffing season, we all saw this last week, Carlos Hyde, 38% owned, 16 and a half fantasy points in his last spot start, 15.1, the one before that. He's going to get you 15 or more fantasy points anytime Carlos Hyde is starting. Not because Carlos Hyde is all that good. He's not bad. He actually looks pretty juicy uh, last Monday. I love that word juicy to describe him. Uh, He's just a rock solid running back two to running back one because of how good this offense is a, a league high 31.8 points per game for the Seahawks right now. They've scored a rushing touchdown by a running back in every week except one. So that's why Chris Carson right back to top 12 running back tonight when he's back in there, but he's been dinged up for a few weeks now. You never know if he reaggravates something. His running style is certainly something that can make him a little more susceptible to injuries uh, just such a bruiser seeks out that contact, which I love as a player. Certainly you need your backup plan. So Carlos Hyde, I know a lot of people hastily kind of just dropped him. I think behind one of the more injury prone physical backs and Carlos Hyde needs to be owned because he's an immediate plug in high end RB two If you ever need him. I'm one, one of the very few guys you can say that about. We already talked about Devonte Booker, nine uh, percent owned Josh Jacobs. You might get immediate handcuff value this week. Given Josh Jacobs did leave with an ankle injury, they're saying there's definitely a chance for him to be back against the Jets. But then again, you probably are thinking, okay, it's the Jets. We can get by without our stud, without risking him getting further injured. I imagine Booker gets a start this week, and he could really, really put up some useful numbers. As we cited earlier, uh, between weeks 9 and 10, had 139 yards, three touchdowns on 24 touches, tore up his former Broncos for two of those scores just a couple weeks ago, the, the vaunted Broncos run D. Uh, the Jets are certainly not a vaunted run D, the bottom uh, four in terms of their run defense and points allowed. Two running backs, Booker's a three-down threat. He can catch the ball. He's been playing over Richard on most of the third downs all year anyways. Uh, he'd be in line for 25 touches this week, and right off the bat, that's going to make him a top 50 team play against the Jets if he is the guy. And that's why probably 15 to 20% of your budget, again, it it might not turn to anything, but if you're a Jacobs owner and you have no real good alternative, you're looking definitely to that 20% side of this. And and honestly, we're at the point where somebody's probably going to bid like 50 bucks to get him because there's every, you know, there's only so many players that are going to emerge at this point. Uh, So I say 15 to 20 on the fab, but you all know your leagues. And there's certainly some people out there that have spent no money at this point and are just looking to blow it because you can't take it home with you uh, by the end of the season. So Devontae Booker, I expect uh, you might need to go more than 15 to 20% to get him. I don't think he's worth that. That's also why I always advocate I blow my money early. <laughs> Those are when you often will find your, your season-long studs is week one, week two. Uh, but I, I think Jacobs, if he misses time this week or down the road, Indy week 14, not a great spot. But the Chargers in week 15, there's certainly some appeal to Devontae Booker moving forward and probably the top overall handcuff. I just pick up this week, uh, especially if Jacob misses time. Now, Alex Madison, you know, everybody has him towards the top of the handcuff list. Love the zone blocking scheme. Love Gary Kubiak. Like, I wish I liked Alex Madison more. Call me a bitter owner uh, that cut him at one point because of that horrendous performance against Atlanta. Uh, when everybody was like, here he comes, 20 points, Alex Madison show, just useless, useless loser. But again, 33% owned, gets Jacksonville this week if Dalvin Cook, for whatever reason, did linger. Uh, but Tampa Bay, Chicago, New Orleans, 
in the fantasy playoffs. If anything did happen, tragedy ever did befall uh, Dalvin Cook. And again, we've seen him hitting the turf. It seems like every single week for the last three or four weeks, you, you got to own the guy just to have like something in place. I don't know that I'm expecting all that much against Tampa Bay, Chicago, New Orleans, anything of that nature. Uh, not overly into Alex Madison, but I mean, volume could be valuable for sure. Uh, other last two to three handcuffs I want to cover, and then we'll get to your wide receivers, folks. Uh, Tony Pollard's only 19% owned. We've seen him score a few touchdowns. He's got some zip. He's got some juice. Honestly, at this point, with, with a banged-up Zeke, a little more juice than it seems like Zeke's offering. What if the team just decides to shut down Zeke towards the end of the year, uh, get him rested, get him healthy? He's had such a beating, and they've given him such a huge contract. Why not see what you got in Pollard? So I wouldn't be shocked to see Pollard make a start or two. He gets Baltimore, but then you know next week, they're not going to bench Zeke next week, but then Cincy, San Fran, Philly – all meh matchups since you are on the, the brighter side of things, but could be worthwhile. And we talked about Boston Scott adding him tonight in case tragedy befalls Miles Sanders. Boston Scott has been a very viable top 15 guy, more often a top 10 guy, uh, even top five in, in two or three of the weeks that Miles Sanders has missed. Not this season, but last year could regain that type of composure. And just some under the radar guys, Jeff Rader, uh, Jeff Rader, Jeff Wilson, 3% owned right now. I mean, he's had two 30-point days, and Mostert has not made it through more than two games without getting dinged up uh, during this year. So Jeff Wilson could ever get in line for a spot start, a goal line beast at that point. Um, and, and then uh, Donta Foreman, I just want to pump him because, yeah, Derrick Henry, an absolute tank. I, I would not be overly concerned. Uh, we've never seen the guy go down. But just, uh, you know, knock on wood, don't want to jinx anything. Everybody that has Derrick Henry is, is frothing at the mouth and deservedly so. Like if you have him heading into your playoffs, you've got a huge leg up going into your, your contention here because one December Derrick Henry, November De- De- Derrick Henry averages like 5.5 yards per carry as compared to like 3.9 and 4.2. It just gets better and better as defenses get, you know, worn out as it gets colder out and you have to keep hitting this fucking beast time and time again. Uh, he just gets better and better. He's, he's going to eat down the stretch. Uh, let's just stir in three bottom five defenses from week 14, 15, 16, the Jags, the Lions, and green Bay, legitimately all of them are bottom five. Uh, with Detroit and Green Bay being the two easiest possible matches up you could have. If you have Derrick Henry, you can already start feeling like, okay, I'm going to collect this title. But if something does happen, if this dude does go down, I don't think it's going to happen because the guy's a fucking monster. But if it does happen, Dante Foreman's the next man in line, and he'd probably see 15, 20 carries against that easy slate. He'd be startable, a 0% owned. I mean, at this point, what's bringing you more value, that eighth receiver like Emmanuel Sanders on the back end of your roster or the the slight shot that you might get a, a top 15 running back for three straight weeks should something ever happen to Derrick Henry? So I just wanted to chuck out Dante Foreman's name. Not someone, again, you're sprinting and you, you drop great quality talent for, but if you have deep benches, IR spots where you can kind of move things around and get him on your bench, I think Dante Foreman could have you know, potentially league-winning upside should ever anything happen to Derrick Henry. Let's pray nothing does. Um, that's my running backs p- picture there. Uh, let's get through your wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, and then we got like about 30 questions. Keep them coming in, guys. Uh, we should have some. I do want to quickly pump up our uh, contest. 
We always do a contest before Monday night. So if you haven't seen it, you can find this over on uh, Roto Street Journal Instagram or Facebook. We have uh, a, a chance to win some a very exclusive uh, gear here that very few people actually have access to. So check it out on Instagram or uh, Facebook here. We got Russell. You got to pick the matchups. If you get all fight, win the game. Russell Will versus the East quarter plus Elliot. Uh, so you get hurt, you get uh, you get Wentz, and you get the picker against Russell Wilson. I'm probably going to side with Russell there still. Chris Carson versus Sanders. Give me Carson. Fresh legs, baby. DK versus Lockett. I'm going to go the animal DK. Uh, Myers versus Seattle defense. Uh, I'm going to go the defense. I think we'll get a pick six or something like that tonight. And then Rager, Fulgham, Goddard. Love me the shag dog, Goddard. But check that contest out. Uh, feel free to comment who you'd pick on here, but I don't think that's going to qualify you for the contest. But wherever you're at, you can find that on Facebook, YouTube. Get yourself a little new action for tonight. Uh, check it out. And just follow us on our social, on all our socials, on Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube. It, it really helps the, the channel grow. So we greatly appreciate it. Let's get rid of that, though, and let's talk about some wide receivers for you guys. One of them being T.Y. Hilton, a guy I never really planned to or wanted to talk about this year. But he had four catches, 81 yards, and a touchdown uh, against the Titans. Had you know 50-yard bomb, could have been two touchdowns, tackled at the one-yard line. So we've got to be talking about a monstrous day. Already was a quality day. And th the reason that I have him on here, though, not because this is the first, uh, you know, his first touchdown of the year. That just tells you all you need to know about the, the seasons he's having. I think it might be the, the second time he's even hit double-digit points in BPR leagues. So he's been useless. And if you don't want to ever trust him, I, I totally get that. I'm not, I'm not saying you have to sprint over or get T.Y. Hilton in the lineups. But he does get Houston and two out of his next three weeks. And, and historically, he just murders Houston. Uh, so it, it's scary to trust him with your season on the line. But if you suffered some injuries or you need a, a flex with some upside, I think T.Y. Hilton could bring that to you. Uh, the, the easy, easy slate with Houston in two of his three. I think you know the, the Raiders might be. Uh, the next one in there, yeah, that, that's an easy slate for this guy. And I think it's going to be Michael Pittman who ends up going off. Uh, and if, if hasty owners just cut him real fast with, with Michael Pittman, I'd rather have him than T.Y., no doubt about it. Uh, but T.Y.'s found out there in more leagues right now, uh, and he just had a big game, so wanted to toss his name out there. I really think Brashad Perriman's a legit player. Uh, I know it took him a little while to get going, but we saw last year he won people leagues. In fact, no one was on more championship rosters than Brashad Perriman last week, uh, last year, given when all those injuries befell the, the Buccaneers. He can get deep. He can make contested grabs. He can run after the catch. He's got some real NFL speed. Gets the Raiders this week in week 13. Seattle, the easiest possible matchups in week 14. Now, trusting a jet in your lineup week 14? Yeah, swallow back the puke. I get it. It's gross. But we've now seen this guy go 27 fantasy points, wide receiver six. 13 for the wide receiver, 34, 12 for the wide receiver, 30 this last week. I mean, he's been very productive. He's seen seven, four, and eight targets in that span. Uh, he's number two in the league in average depth of target. They, they just bomb it to him. And they bomb it to Denzel, Denzel Mims quite often. Uh, among According to you know Nick BDGE, Nick Ersolano, uh, the big dog's got to eat football. Good stuff over there. Uh, 92 qualified receivers. We got Denzel Mims checking in at fourth in ADOT, average depth of target, and Rashad Perriman ranking eighth. And in the last month specifically, they're number one and number two in their respective categories. So they're going deep. It's not really translating into a ton. I mean, Denzel Mims, 8.2, 8.6, 8.7, hasn't even hit 10 
you know, real fancy points, but he's seen eight, seven, and eight targets over these last few weeks. And they're all coming from the deep, deep chunk type of range. Just worthwhile schedule, volume, gross. They're always going to be playing from behind, though, and needing to chuck. Uh, so just a couple of receivers to keep on your radar. And we talked about Kiki Cutie. Uh, didn't do much this last week. 17 yards on two targets. Bleh. Nothing. Uh, but he does have three end zone targets in the last two weeks. And lest we forget, Will Fuller was suspended for the remainder of the year. Brandon Cooks will ascend to the number one role. He certainly has his own type of injury concerns with concussions. There could be a, a world where Kiki Cutie is the number one weapon for Deshaun Watson, one of the elite QBs. I think this offense takes a huge hit. I, I don't really want much to do with them the, the rest of the year, but we've seen Kiki Cutie, two eleven catch games as a rookie, including the, the first debut game, setting that record for rookies. That playoff game, we saw Deshaun really trust this guy down the stretch and down crunch time. They released Kenny Stills. Uh, there's, there's nothing left to throw to other than Brandon Cooks and Kiki Cutie. So any meaningful volume from a top 10 quarterback in the league, probably top five quarterback, to be honest, uh, has to really, really be held uh, some serious fantasy consideration. So check him out. Again, none of these guys in terms of money I'd spend on, you know, Mims or Paraman or T.Y. Hilton or, or let's say Kiki Cutie. I'm not going to go more than 10 bucks on any of these guys. Probably not going more than seven bucks. But they're the type of guys you wake up tomorrow morning and you're like, okay, they're still there. Do I have trash to cut? All right, why not? Let, let's let's take a look. Um so that's what I got for wide receivers. Let me know if I'm overlooking anybody. In terms of quarterbacks, I only got three for you. Ryan Fitzpatrick, they're saying two, his injury is going to linger. I mean, this guy averages for 22 points a game when he's the starter. The magic exists. He only had 19 against the, the Jets last week. A little bit disappointing there with 257 and two touchdowns. But was hyper-efficient, got the job done, gets Cincy coming up. Then Kansas City, which you know he's going to have to chuck fest. And then New England's a tough one to trust, but I mean, at least two steam streamable games for two QB leaguers. Uh, if you're desperate and had burrow injuries, I think Fitzmagic could kind of be your godsend here down the stretch run. Um, and only 17% owned right now. So check out Fitzmagic. If he's gone, I mean, Philly Rivers is even more owned, so he probably would be gone too. If Fitzmagic's gone, uh, I mean, Philly Rivers, 371 and three TDs for 24 points. 22 points with 262 and three TDs, a complete stinker against Baltimore, but then 16, 21, 17 fancy points, just chucking it relentlessly. Imagine if this dude took the, the goal line carries receiving from Brissett, he'd be a, a unstoppable force. That's the, the rub here is Brissett comes in for the Hail Marys and the, the goal line attempts, but Rivers has a Houston with the same schedule. We love for T.Y. Hilton, Houston, uh, Las Vegas, and, and Houston again, all great spots. For Philip Rivers down the stretch here, if you need a two QB streamer or, or, or desperation plug in number one, and maybe the, the best of them all could be as disgusting as this is four percent owned Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> Matt Nagy, when asked if he's going to start in week 13, said, I don't see why not. Talk about a ringing endorsement. But Mitch Trubisky, we all, if you watch Sunday Night Football, you saw how horrible he was, right? Disgusting, embarrassing, should never be on an NFL field. And still scored 21 fantasy points. That's just because he runs, he chucks, he's going to make boneheaded play after boneheaded play. Uh, he's going to oversail tons of throws. And he's still just going to rack up points because that's what Mitch Trubisky does. It's gross. You, you're not going to feel good about it. But you're going to end up with 18 to 20-something fantasy points, especially when you got Detroit, Houston, Minnesota, and Jacksonville. As your remaining four games, all of them are bottom 10. 
All of them are green, easy matchups for Mitch Trubisky. Even he probably can't screw up a schedule like that. So I like Mitch Trubisky as a desperation QB streamer. And last few here that we got, Dalton Schultz, more volume than your average tight end. He's seen eight, seven, six, and five targets, six, four, four, and five catches. I mean, that's PPR 11, 9, 13, and seven points. Nothing great, nothing sexy, no ceiling, but a decent floor to position where there's very few floors out there. He's going to get five catches about a week. And that's not bad when you got Baltimore, ugh, week 13, not great. But Cincy, San Fran, and Philly, last three weeks, at least two easy matchups in the calendar. Kyle Rudolph, a viable streamer, only 14% owned. Uh, anytime Irv Smith misses time, we just saw a solid performance here. Uh, seven catches, 68 looks, almost went into the end zone. Could have been a monster day had he broken that tackle. But still viable stream anytime Irv is out, uh, particularly if, if you know we see any Adam Thielen missing more time. Um, Jordan Reed. <laughs> fucking ass wipe never want to trust him but 25 percent owned ran 25 pass routes to to ross dwelly's 10 so he's clearly the pass catching guy uh gets buffalo washington dallas arizona a dream boat probably the easiest if i if i calculate that out the easiest schedule among tight ends for jordan reed uh we kittle might be back i would say you obviously look to kittle and stash him in your ir spot because you never know if this team gets hot down the stretch they might activate him if not, Jordan Reed could be a serviceable option. Uh, didn't do much to catches for 18 yards. Like he ran so many routes. Yay. He sucks. He's a bag of dirt. But at the end of the day, that schedule, those that many routes, he could do something down your stretch. And the last but not least, again, you stash him tonight. Yeah, it's two minutes before kickoff here. You could get Will Disley, 3% owned right now. I was a top five QB before before getting hurt last year. Six of his eight games over the first two years of his career were top 12. He had a great rapport with Russell Wilson. We could see him reemerge. I hope this was helpful. I hope you have some, uh, if you get all the points you need this week to get your win, I'll be back tomorrow right around 5.30 for your uh, ranking show, your week 13, the week before the playoffs. For a lot of us, it already is a do or die situation. Already is like the playoffs. So come on down, get your early set of rankings, get your early questions answered. Uh, let's get that win tonight. Let's win our props, all that good stuff. Thank you so much, Wolfpack. You can find me at Rotor Street Wolf. All our stuff, RotorStreetJournal.com. We breed and feed fantasy wolves. And of course, the podcast, the Fantasy Fullback Dive. We paid your path to 2020 titles. It would mean the world if you could review, subscribe, turn on notifications. Uh, and thank you so much, Wolfpack, just for tuning in. Let's get those week 12 wins and get ready for week 13 waiver wires. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, oh, oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. Football right there, folks.